Your day has just begun. Yeah! But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah! Hashtag Utah Jazz. Um, it's huge. Like I said, teams are going to come out and try and be physical, try and disrupt our offense because our offense is free-flowing and it's draining to, to move the ball the way we to guard, have to guard the way we move the ball, to guard the way we run, shoot the three. It's draining. So if they can take us out of it, whether it's hitting us on the screen or coming out with more energy or screaming, whatever it may be, um, we just got to be ready for it. You know, we can't wait, you know, and I think we've gotten accustomed to waiting and then saying, oh, we'll come back, you know, and I think we just got to find ways to go out there and, and whatever it is. I, I don't have a don't have the magic saying right now, whatever it is, we got to go out there and do it to start one through 15. We all got to be mentally ready because, you know, we're not, it's not the Jeff from the past. Like we're not four, five, six, seven, eight seed. Like we're the number one team in the league and this is what comes with it. Every night you got to be ready and we got to do that. And they weren't ready. They were down by 10 to the Wizards in the first quarter, and it got worse from there. Even when they made a run, they immediately turned around and gave up another run. So they get beat 131 to 122. That was a lot of talk about offense, and I suspect that Coach Quinn Snyder wanted to talk about defense, PK, because 131 points is way too many. I want to talk about intensity. And lack thereof. I anything. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, coming out so, so slow and so soft. It's got to stop. You got down double digits to Boston. You got down double digits to Washington. And Washington's a crappy team. I'm getting, I'm starting to get tired of it. Joe Ingles said, listening to him on the Zoom, that you know, dude, we've got to come out like we're the best team in the league. We want to win a title. We want to get out of the first round. And right now they're not. So you can pinpoint any aspect: offense, defense, passing, turnovers, boxing out, showing on the screens, and all the jargon you want. To me, it's all about heart and intensity. Let's start to show some when the game starts. Gave up a 15-0 run to the Warriors in the first quarter. It just goes on and on, game after game. They're 5-6 and six in their last 11 games now. Right back at it tonight. They play the Toronto Raptors. Toronto's playing their season in Tampa this year, so they'll be in Tampa tonight. Game tips at 6, pregame at 5 o'clock. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. Fournier trying to work off a screen. Has the pass. Intercepted by Bullock. Bullock stole the basketball. Now Alec Burks looks to run out the clock. And he does. Buzzer sounds. Knicks win it. Thanks to the defense of Reggie Bullock. And in the paint against Paul. Spins. Lost the ball. Got it back. Lays it in for two. And the Timberwolves lead. 115-113. Ant up to 41 points. A new career high for him. James going into the dribble. With one at the buzzer. LeBron Highlights from the NBA, LeBron, the Lakers, they beat the Hornets 116-105. to LeBron had 37 in that. They are now all alone in second place because the Phoenix Suns got beat by the Minnesota Timberwolves, 123-119. to Anthony Edwards, the top pick, had a 42-point night. Huge game. And now the Lakers are a game and a half behind the Jazz. The Suns are in third place, two and a half back, and the Clippers are fourth, four back. Before that, you also heard Reggie Bullock with a late steal for the Knicks. They won. They beat the Magic 94-93. They're 500. But the focus is in the West, PK, and the Lakers picking up ground on two of the other top teams in the West. 
And they're shorthanded, but they're getting it done. Agreed. Won four in a row now. 14 Atlanta Hawks players received their first dose of the COVID vaccine following the win over the Thunder. 36 members, including the players vaccinated in overall three. Three players did not meet the state of Georgia's standard to qualify to be vaccinated. Don't know about vaccination qualification. DJ and PK. Hashtag college basketball. Muscling it up top, Campbell down three. Aggressive drive, head fake, bounce pass, Hawkins. Head fake, shot good and a foul. And Hawkins back to the line. He can tie the game. Campbell goes with him over top. Leave up high for Aaron Henry. Henry spin move in the lane. Floater right hand is good. Controlled by Bernard. Feeds the driver, Riley to the rim and he jams. Then it strides, soar and dunked it home. And the UCLA Bruins, down big, down 11 at the half. Rally force overtime and beat the Michigan State Spartans 86-80. Up here, Hawkes Jr., 27 points, had an enormous game. And UCLA comes back to get the win, and now they will draw BYU. UCLA was down, they were down big, but they were down but not out, PK. What a rally. Ah, what a cliche. Yeah, absolutely. Bring on the UC Los Angeles Bruins. That was a very nice game for them. I didn't think they'd win. They got it done. Looked like Michigan State imploded. Uh, Izzo going after the player. Brown, I think it was, at halftime. Brown slapping his hand away. And then you follow with the traditional cliche with the jocks. Oh, that happens all the time. Oh, yeah. I mean, I see it every game. I see it like ten times a game. No big deal. Yeah, right. And they lose the game. Headed up the tunnel at halftime with a big lead and all sorts of dissension. What the heck is wrong with you guys? Well, happens up. Geez, happens at just about three times a quarter. You can go home to East Lansing and uh, figure that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can. No- nothing going on here. BYU and UCLA primetime Saturday night. Yeah, nothing going on here, right? Hmm. Good one. I'm going to watch that game if I can. That'd be great. You should try <laughs> to fit that into your schedule. Channel 2, PK. Channel 2. I don't watch Channel 2 anymore for personal reasons, but uh, I'll uh, have to follow it on Twitter. It's a big day in my household. My little little girl turns 16 on Saturday. Ooh. Big birthday. Yeah. Driver's license? Ops, driver's license, equipment license, job. Yeah, she better have it all by <laughs> Saturday night. <laughs> by the time this game tips off, <laughs> everything needs to be in order. All right, NCAA tournament coverage will be on 1280 The Zone through the weekend. Coverage will begin today at 10, resume this afternoon after the Utah State game wraps up. And you'll hear the other shows over on 97.5 The Zone. And the Jazz game tonight in Tampa is on 97.5 as well. Aggies and Texas Tech, that's at 11.45 this morning on TNT. Scotty G will have the uh, the play-by-play Assembly Hall in Bloomington. Who's going to win this? You like the Aggies? You like the Red Raiders? Polls up there at uh, Twitter. We will uh, take the temperature of the people. Texas Tech, a four-point favorite in this one, PK. Can the Aggies shoot it? Can they avoid those slow offensive starts that have been plaguing them lately? Yeah, I think they got an excellent opportunity here because I think Kata can be the best player on the floor. He's the best player on the floor. That's huge. And he's an opportunity now to really get himself a little bit higher profile uh, I believe he's an NBA player, so go out and show it. 
Richard Pitino said during his introductory press conference he wants to, quote, bring back the magic to New Mexico as he takes over the Lobo program as their new head coach. Is he going to bring back the magic, PK? I didn't know, has Orlando ever been in Albuquerque to play a game? Because that's the, way the, the only way it's going to happen. Iowa State hired UNLV's head coach, T.J. Otzelberger, to be their new head coach. He was 29-30 and 30 in two years at UNLV. But he's been an assistant coach twice in Ames, had some connections, so he got the job despite the sub-500 record. Yeah, well, UNLV, man, they, their coaching carousel has just been spinning around and around a thousand times over these last few years. And it's spinning again. I mean, the Texas Tech coach had the job for a day and a half, and he took off. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. They, they told me I was a starter. That was one of the reasons why I wanted to come here. And so every conversation I've had is uh, has been that. So that's the assurance that I've got. That's Andy Dalton, the Bears' new starting quarterback. He says they assured him that he will not be competing with Nick Foles, who had been trading the job back and forth with Mitchell Trubisky. Neither one had really been able to hold on to it. And Trubisky just signed as the backup in Buffalo. But... Andy Dalton gets a year and $10 million in Chicago to show the Bears what he can do. So they guaranteed him he's going to be the starter? That's what he said. I heard what he said. <laughs> seems odd to me, too. Sounds like it seems odd to you. And you can be guaranteed that you're the starter now, but if the team starts 2-4, and four, are you still going to be the starter? I don't know that there are any guarantees then. Denver Broncos GM. George, I have not heard his name. Is it Patton? Yeah. Wow. One T, though, not Mm -hmm. two. Yeah. All right. George Patton, the famous general, said he expects linebacker Von Miller to have a Pro Bowl-type season. That'd be helpful. Coming off multiple injuries the last couple of years. Houston attorney Tony Busby, who lifted the lid on the evolving Deshaun Watson story, said on Instagram there are nine total cases against Watson. So far, only three civil lawsuits have been filed. The latest related to an alleged sexual assault of a massage therapist while the first two accused Watson of civil assault. These are all civil cases, not criminal cases, looking for damages. So. Hmm. I don't know that I would use the word only three civil lawsuits <laughs> have been filed. So far? I think I would say three. Only three? Oh, okay. Well, that's understandable. Only three? Yeah, come on. Well, there are nine total cases. We'll see if the other six are filed or not or you know, how much of this is true. How much of this is putting pressure on him to settle? I guess that will sort itself out going forward. Yeah, but what does that mean? There are nine total cases against Watson. Are there really? Well, that's an excellent question, and the lawyer says there are, but is he just saying that to put pressure on him to settle? Cases or incidences or instances? Cases? Either they are or they aren't on that one, though. I have a little bit of a problem with that. Is it a case... If nothing has been done about it. See what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. I do. I mean, I think this is all a negotiation. I mean, yesterday I said it's two so far, but, you know, I don't know. I don't think any of us know what level of truth, if any, there is to this. No, are there, like you said, cases suggest criminal. But these have all been filed as civil suits, not criminal. And so now it's about money and about a settlement. Are they just looking for a cash grab here and nothing happened and they're trying to put pressure on him? Or 
something did happen, but it's he said, she said, and they don't think they can prove it in a, a criminal court because there are no witnesses. I, I think all of that has to be sorted out. Everything I mean, is about money. There it is. DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. John Lester made his spring training debut two weeks after undergoing surgery to remove a parathyroid gland. Washington Nationals pitcher says, Baseball for me is an escape. I come to the field, I've got stuff I need to do, and I forget about this, pointing to the scar on the front of his throat. Oh, yeah, I can buy that. For some people, if you're fortunate enough, work is an escape. Uh, golf is an escape. Uh, taking walks is an escape. Having a dog is an escape. Yeah, I absolutely understand that. Yankees and Mets will be allowed to have a maximum capacity of 20% to start their season. So they're going to have some fans at home games. That means uh, almost 11,000, a little under that, for the Yankees and Toronto, their April 1 opener. Mets could have up to 8,300 for their April 8 home opener against Miami at City Field. So, trending back as multiple teams announce uh, what they're going to do for attendance. Dodgers are going to have some fans at their games. I saw that as well. So, what is trending brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. There's no job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801 295 1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, Radio Voice of the Utah Jazz. David Locke will join us in about 15 minutes. Discuss what the Jazz must do to get back on track. Kyle Winningham's media availability is 8 o'clock. We'll hear from the Ute football coach. And Ben Bolts, UCLA Bruins beat writer for the LA Times. Coming up later in the show as well, spring football tour. A lot going on with March Madness. Oh, Bruins beat writer for hey, basketball. Dude, Hello. Dude, come on. Hello. Like, uh... Uh... <laughs> Uh, to get you ready for BYU and UCLA. <laughs> DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The Big Show. The Big Show. With Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. Gordon, we have just fascinating basketball coming up between the Jazz and the Wizards. <laughs> really, whiz. Uh, 12 minutes into the show for Gordon to make the Wiz joke. That might be a new record. <laughs> How many before 3 o'clock, though? None. I've used it. I've burned it. I'm not uh-huh. going to say it again. And the Wiz are 3-7 and seven over their last 10. The victory against the Wiz, what does that really prove? Which brings us back to the conversation about the Wiz. If you have to flush the whole thing down the toilet before you can rebuild. <laughs> I made it once. I won't make the joke again. No, Bam, I meant 10 that. times I would, later. I said I wouldn't say let's go. Go Wiz. No. The toilet reference was totally a coincidence. Uh-huh. Wasn't okay. even thinking that. Yeah, right. Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7. Presented by Big O Tires. The team you trust. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Hot Takes Toast brought to you by Jerry Seiner Cadillac. Right now, you can get up to $6,000 in purchase allowance on the XT lineup. Experience the luxury you deserve by booking a test drive today. Time for the question of the day. How pathetic was that? The Jazz lost to the Wizards. One of the five worst teams in the NBA. They'd lost five in a row and seven out of eight. They were playing on the second night of a back-to-back after a tough game that went right down to the wire, and they lost to the Kings. And the Jazz got beat. Gave up 131 points. How pathetic was it? Brian says very pathetic. But on the bright side, Jingle and Joe played great. Maybe it's time to move him back to the starting lineup permanently. Ready for some lineup changes, PK? Shake things up. Who comes out? 
That would be an excellent question. I mean, it's going to have to be either Conley or Bogey. Has to be either of those two. Could be I would else. think so. Yes, I think it has to be one of those two. Okay. I mean, I think it would probably be Conley because you're trying to always have two of the three with uh, Conley, Bogey, and uh, Donovan on the floor. So you always well, that's have not going to happen. Two guys out there. So Scott says Bogey's killing the Jazz. The turnovers, the missed open threes. There are plenty of people uh, critical of Bogey right now. Although some people are just critical of the whole team. Andrew, I'm not sure they'll make it past the first round again. These guys are frauds, unfortunately. Ooh, that's That's, strong. That is strong. And it's probably the strongest one we have going through there. Uh, It's more along the lines of Jay. That was a crappy performance from a team that is capable of so much more. Obvious. Yeah, I agree with that. Tanner says, 4-5 seed, here they come. Same old stuff? That's what Tanner thinks. Been in that 4-5 series many times. Yeah. Three with the current group, and I think the D-Well Boozer group lived in the 4-5 in the range for a while as well. Ryan says, go Lakers. Ah, uh, Laker fans showing up, piling on. Mark says, it's frustrating as a fan to get the national media to give this team the credit that it deserved only to have Jazz turn around and lay an egg like this. There's going to be a lot of I told you so about this team by the national media in the coming weeks. Uh, If it continues, sure. Yeah, Yeah, I can buy that. But it's not college football. It doesn't really matter. They either get it together or they don't, and they'll be seated where they'll be seated based on how many games they win. So. Uh, sure, yeah. So if you're worried about that, uh, you don't have to be. But people are. They want to see their team being number one, and they want to get the national respect, blah, blah, blah. That's just part of the deal. I get it. Stan says defense is a lost art among these guys. That's true. The guy's blown by him. And even when they did miss, they got offensive rebounds. Quinn commented on that in his postgame. He was upset about the offensive rebounds. All of which comes back to the energy you were talking about, PK. You know, not moving on defense comes back to the energy. Getting beat to a rebound comes back to the lack of energy. You can't just drift through the games. It's not going to work. Yeah, I don't get it. I just, I don't know. You can stat me all you want, but I'm going to go to your heart, and I don't know what stat that reveals. I would like to see some more intensity and stop getting down early. Six nothing, away we go, man. You just feel it like, oh, brother, here we go again. <laughs> Nancy says they look slow and disinterested. I don't understand it. Nancy, Me either. You're not alone, Nancy. Very crowded room. Tony says bogey has been AWOL. Donovan looked like he was so not interested in playing in the first half. For the love of all things basketball, make a freaking free throw. Kind of knew this game was in trouble when that first possession was a turnover. J.C. couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. Post game, we know what we have to do. Well, let's stop playing like shiz in the first quarter. I'm done. Tony's done. I'm not done, but I want more. Everybody does, but when will that happen? Tonight. Tonight, they're going to turn it around? Why not? Uh, they could, but I don't know why not last night. Doesn't matter. It's over now. Nothing True I can story. do about it. True story. That so, one's gone. 
to, to, to me, now's an, there's no opportunity like right now. No, go ahead and get it done, man. Just go ahead and freaking get it done. Today is the time. You're playing another not good team. Every game's on the road for Toronto this year. They got a sub-500 record. There's all kinds of talk about trades and who might be gone at the deadline. You would think they are ripe to be beaten. Yeah, and it's more about the Jazz than it is the opponent anyway. And I get that if you were playing uh, New Jersey or Brooklyn, you know, it would be a, a more difficult task. But even with that in mind, if they were playing Brooklyn, I would still focus on what type of effort the Jazz give. Uh, so you need to – I can't say turn it around because that's too strong for me anyway. For others it might not be, but for me it's just opinion that we got going back and forth here. Uh, to me it's not, not, it's not about turning it on. It is about turning it up. Get more intensity from the start. Let, let's see what you can do. I'm not a, you, you don't even necessarily have to jump on them early. How about you just stay with them early instead of jump on them early instead of always fighting from behind? It just seems like it is a groundhog day with this team right now. Early turnovers, the other team gets a little mo. you're down, you're thinking, oh, we're going to come back. I mean, to be down by 24 to the Washington Wizards on the, when the Washington, now it was home games, right? They, they played back-to-back. Yes, it was. Uh, so that's a little different than getting on a plane and getting home at 2 or 3 in the morning. No question. But nevertheless, it, would, it was still back-to-back. And who they lose to? Sacramento? Yep. Which, you know, so, you, so you're not as good as Sacramento. And then you're going to turn around and blitz the best team in the league record-wise. That's just not good, man. It's inexcusable. We can come up with all the excuses we want and numbers and this and that. And I don't care about that stuff, man. I, I care about intensity and heart and determination and the will to win, and you you know you're not going to have it every night. I understand that, but the pattern of falling down early to teams that are marginal, average at best, that's bothersome to me. And, and if you win the title or get to the conference finals or get to the NBA finals, what you did on March uh, 18th, I, I understand that it's not that big of a deal. But that's where we're in the moment now. So I just can't blow everything off in the moment looking ahead to two months down the line. I, I, I have to have some level of evaluation in the moment. And right now, in the moment, the effort is not good enough for me. DJ and PK, it is time to bring in David Locke, the radio voice of the Utah Jazz. His weekly interview is brought to you by the Murdoch Auto Team. David, good morning. Good morning. PK's right. That's David Locke. He joins us every week. Thank you, David. <laughs> See you. I don't know what he said, but I figured it was a good way to start the interview. You can repeat yourself. You're, you're, uh, you're spot on here, PK. He's going to agree with you when he hears you. Well, what? Yak, play it back. I can't recreate genius. <laughs> you can't do it. Of course not. Jeez, Louise. <laughs> Did I say lock? I mean, you are, I mean, you, are the ultimate one, you are the ultimate one-shot pony, so yeah, I can't uh, expect uh, it twice. It's here, and it's gone. As quick as it came, that's as quick as it leaves. Bottom line, they're right. sucking right now, David. They don't have to jump on them early if they could just trade baskets early because it just seems like Groundhog Day, giving up a huge run to the Wizards, which is what they gave up to the Celtics, which followed giving up a 15-0 run to the Warriors. Could they just trade hoops early? More energy, 
more effort. If they do that, they'll get back to being a good team. And there's no reason to go crazy now, PK said, because what happens in the playoffs is going to trump whatever happened on March 18th in Washington. But we're in the now right now, and they need to play better than this. This just isn't good enough. It shouldn't be who they are. But you are what your record says you are, and you are what the scoreboard says you are. And right now the scoreboard says they couldn't hang with the Wizards, which seems ridiculous, but that's what happened. So, I mean, like last week was maybe DJ's highest, best moment ever in his radio career. I mean, like really. Um, oh, yeah. I shot high, back. High level. Um, and now, PK, I try to give you a little room, and yet then he, I mean, he's really on fire. Like, it's like, there's just no, you know, there's no, there's no Westbrook to Beal right now. It's just, it's just Beal. And, and DJ's Beal. Okay. PK will get a steal. He'll come down. He'll throw down a dunk. It'll happen. He might I'm comfortable the with the secondary Westbrook role. I've, I've always okay, been Scotty. comfortable in the background. That's just not true. <laughs> Depends on the scenario. You ought to see him in a crowded room. <laughs> I just want to see more effort and determination from these guys. How about that? Um, 100%. Last night was really bad. I mean, I came out of the first break and said to Ron, wow, well, they tried to see if they could win the easy way, and that doesn't yeah. look like it's going to work out. Okay. Um, and then in the second, when they suddenly tried what looked like what they then, you know, you would have thought that they were going to come out and start playing as though they were – Reengaged is when then they allowed the huge run. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a joke in the league that there's a bunch of players who, you know, on offense run uphill or downhill and on defense run uphill. We ran uphill in both directions last night. Yeah. Uh, we didn't have any fast break points through the first three quarters, which is not a great stat, but it still tells you a little something. And, you know, they were, they were running in transition at a very high level. The numbers off makes first misses last night was extreme um the first quarter issue is offensive not defensive so in five of the last seven games our offensive rating in the first quarter has been below 100 i mean that's really bad um the league average offense is about a 10 about a 111 right now which equates to 111 points per 100 possessions the worst offense the best is 118 the worst is like 105 Cleveland, and we're at a hundred under a hundred, but we're actually not just that. If you actually look a little deeper, in four of the last seven uh, seven games, we're below ninety. So it's an offensive issue. It's actually been going on for a little while. Um, and the other one that Ron Boone pointed out last night is right now we're only winning if we're incredible offensively. Um. You know, earlier this year, we kind of could win a game offensively, win a game defensively, depending on the night, what took place. And right now, it's only if we're elite offensively. The only games we've won recently against non-G League teams, our offense was in the top 10 performances it's been in all season. So um, Boston was our eighth best, uh, or actually Boston was just our 16th best, but Orlando was our fourth best offense. Lakers was our sixth best, and Charlotte was our eighth best offensive nights of the year. So other than the Boston game, for us to win a game right now, we've had to be elite. Uh, Philadelphia without Embiid was our second best offensive game. 
We played the Clippers team that was pretty dismantled and the Houston Rockets team, which was not an NBA team. In between, we've lost most of the games, and our offense has not been through the roof. So did you see enough uh, discomfort, enough uh, frustration in the postgame to think that they're going to put the energy in this to turn this around, or will there be some more scuffling about and more up-and-down performances like we've seen over the course of the last 11 games here? They're 5-6. and six. Are we going to get more of that for a while, and then maybe down the road we'll see about the turning it around thing? So I can't really read Zoom. I don't know. I mean, there's just such a difference of being around. So I can't – I mean, the the question is, has somebody exposed something about the team that they don't have an answer to? Or is there something is there something that they have an answer to, right? So that, that would be the question. Is, did something happen in the middle of February where even though the Jazz were winning and they won five straight – that stretch by like double digits and you know a million in a row by double digits did something happen in that stretch that somebody exposed something um about the team and therefore um you know people have an answer i I don't have that i don't see it there's not something to me that's there so that would lead me to believe that that it's a fixable issue not an issue that um you know, teams are coming out of games early and trying to take Mike and Donovan away, and Boyan and Royce are not doing a lot offensively, and Rudy, so you, you know, Boyan's pretty vital there, I think, for for this team to kind of um, get going early offensively. Uh, so I think that's pretty important. Uh, on a defensive end for the season, um, after a made shot, we're the eighth-best defensive team, and after a missed shot, we're the seventh-best defensive team. And... Um, over turnovers, we're 26th, right? So there's where, like, that's always been a weakness. But if we go take it for the last, I don't know, give me a time frame if you want, like the last five or six games, or if you go to the last, you know, go back to the game against um, uh, Miami on the on this, on the 26th of February instead, which is kind of, you know, at least in my opinion, when I thought things started to, get a little less good and you look at what we are. So defensively in that time period, we're now, you know, one of the least good defensive teams in the league. We're in the bottom 20 of def- 26 in the league defensively in that time. We're 25th after a major shot and we're 18th after a defensive rebound. They have completely collapsed defensively recently. So when I covered Majerus all those years, one of the first things he would do when he'd get the box score handed to him is look at the field goal defense numbers. So uh, the other team's uh, field goal percentage, and now it translates to the huge defensive field goal, what they would allow. And I heard you on Gordon and Jake, but I only caught the end of it. So you were saying that uh, field goal percentage is a misleading stat, and we need to rethink that. Am I, am I accurate in saying that? Yeah, because half the shots count more than the other half. So the stat is equivalent field goal percentage. EFG, effective field goal percentage, equivalent field goal percentage, is a better number. The Jazz are number one in the NBA at that. Because when teams are, when 35 to 40% of shots count as three, then it's mm-hmm. a different, you know, it's a different number. Now, last night, to the credit of Washington, they, they won the game from the two-point range, which you don't see very often anymore, but they, they certainly did. Bradley Beal, that's the evolution he's made in this game. He's becoming a an elite two-point shooter, and Russell Westbrook got lucky. 
Um, and so, you know, last night, but even last night, their effective field goal percentage was 59, ours was 55. The night before was the game that really tells it against Boston because Boston's field goal percentage was better than ours, but we took like 20 more threes than they did, so we actually had a better shooting night than they did. So back in the day when it was mostly two-point shots and Majerus looked at that number, he wanted that number to be at 40% or down in the 30s. The higher it got over 40, the crankier he got. If it got to 45, he wasn't very happy. If he got to 50, he was furious. So effective field goal percentage, because you need to weight it for all these three-pointers. The game's really different than you know what Majerus was coaching in college in the 90s. What number would uh, make Quinn happy? What number would make him concerned? And what number would leave him furious? So, right, anytime we have these new statistics, you better have a base model number that makes sense to everybody, right? So the old number, we used to say 50% made sense for, you know, whether you had a good offensive game or, you know, Majerus had a higher standard in college, didn't shoot as well. So um, the the average in the league on effective field goal percentage is 54%. It'd be nice if it moved up one. It would just be an easy number to remember, but it's 54. So um, the Jazz are the best in the league at 51 defensively. So if you can keep, I mean, anyone under probably 52, you're having a pretty darn good game. If you keep anyone under 50, you're probably going to win almost every time. Um, so I think those would be the, you know, the kind of the range there. Mm-hmm. That same, right. you know, if you just kind of take the same multi- multiples that um, uh, that Majerus was using, kind of in 40, 45, you know, 40, you're always going to win right in college. So there's just no question. Um, I'm looking right now, um, we've had too many for me to look, but we have not lost a game all year in which our opponent's effective field goal percentage was 51 or below. So we're undefeated in those games. We've only lost one game all year in which our team's, the opposing's effective field goal percentage was 53 or below. That was to Minnesota on the, you know, fourth game of the year. Um, and we've only lost two games all year in which our, was actually our opponents was a below 55, effective field goal percentage was below 55. That's fascinating. Yeah. I mean, that's just a sign we're a really good offensive team, and so we don't actually have to be brilliant defensively. So, however, this is an interesting note to this conversation. This is great. Thank you, guys. If we allow over 55 uh, effective field goal percentage, we are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 1, and 9. So they on the TV broadcast, they'll put those numbers up sometime, and that's the frame of reference then. 55, yeah, so, you're, 55, you're getting into trouble. The closer you get to 50, the better you feel about yourself. Down at 51 yeah. or 52, the Jazz are in great shape. Yeah, I mean, below 50, we haven't lost, right? Mm-hmm. So below 50, we haven't lost, and below above 55, we've only, we're have only 1 and 9. And there it is. Great. Yeah. Nice right. job. On an offensive level, by the way, um, we've only, we actually have lost twice above 55, but um, won a ton. Like, I, don't, I can't, the chart I have in front of me doesn't give me numbers. Um, and if we drop below 55, we lose at a really high rate, actually. Interesting. Okay. 55 is the magic number. There yeah, you go. For offense, yep. Effective field goal percentage. And for those of you who are wondering how you figure out effective field goal percentage, you take the three-point shots, divide them by two, made, divide them by two, 
So if you make 10, add 5 to the field goals. Yeah, I'm not going to do the math. Because it's an extra point. I'll let Travis do the math in the truck and put it up on the screen for me. <clears throat> Thank yeah, you, Travis. They're not using as much as they used to, which is too bad. A lot of teams head that direction. I think they've kind of pulled back a little bit this year, which is a bummer because I just think that field goal percentage is, you know, Boston game's an example. Boston's field goal percentage is better, so it's just not telling an accurate story anymore. 38 free throws last night was the big one. Washington just ran down our throat. We've heard and now. Uh... And the air effect in field goal percentage last night to this conversation was 59. Ours was 55. That's a defensive loss. So we've heard in the postgame players talk about how, you know, we're the number one team in the league, teams are going to be ready for us, blah, blah, blah. And we've heard the ex-players on the broadcast say that stuff. How much truth do you think there is to that, that the Jazz now are the hunted and so they are not matching what the other teams are bringing because the other teams are excited and all that stuff to play the number one team in the league? You don't buy it, do you? Well, they're not coming out with the intensity that I would like at the start. I don't know if it's the other team thinking, wow, we got a chance to make a name for ourselves. We're the Washington Wizards. We're 11 games under five let Let's get a little feather on our cap. How much is it the other team? How much is it the Jazz? Yeah, but, I mean, you're not buying the first concept. I can feel it. You're not buying that, like, the Jazz have reached Laker elevated status that the players are talking about. The teams are giving them, coming out and per se giving them their best shot. I think players understand that this team is really good that they're going against. But I, I to me, it's not about the opponent. It's more about the the internal issues within the team as opposed to who they're playing. Uh, I think you're probably right. And I'm not sure. And I and I'll be perfectly clear. I'm I'm not sure. I'm not sure that they're raw wrong in the opposing locker room. You know, going nuts. All right, we're going to go with the Jazz tonight. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. I, I just don't think that actually happens in 82 games. Frankly. Right. Right. Um, I do think that we last night looked like a team that was trying to make. I said this. I mean, I think that, that we tried to play the easy route last night. Yeah. Which is. You know, like that sounds terrible. It's not uncommon, and it's and it's not um, it's not awful. You, and it happens all the time in the league. And it's really normal that you come into a game and you're like, "All right, let's see." And so maybe what we've just touched on is the real issue of what's gone on with the Jazz. We're really good when we're really good. Uh-huh. We don't have LeBron, and we don't have Anthony Davis. And we don't have Kawhi Leonard, and we don't have Paul George, and we don't have Nikola Jokic. And if we're really honest about it, we don't have an MVP candidate. Like, we just don't have that guy. We don't really even have Bradley Beal yet, and we don't have Dame Lillard yet. Like, Donovan's terrific, but it's just his fourth year. So let's be honest about who he is and where he ranks in the NBA, which means that when we do do what we did last night, which is take the easy route to start or not come with as much focus – Everyone in the NBA does it, but they have another gear to go to because they have LeBron, they have Kawhi, et cetera, that list. And we don't actually have that. So as much as when we're great, we're great, our margin of error to be that great is much slimmer than the other teams in the league. And I think we probably saw it most glaring when we went up 3-1 against Denver and blinked. 
and then didn't really click back in until we were at down 18 or whatever it was in game seven. And then we were terrific again. But the discrepancy between when we're engaged and hitting it full throttle and when we're trying to sneak by or just a little off or fatigued is significantly more than most of the good teams in the league. He's David Locke. Hear him on the broadcast tonight. The Jazz are in Toronto to play, or in Tampa to play Toronto, and he will have the game for you on 97.5 The Zone tonight, 6 o'clock, pregame at 5. Thank you, David. Huddle up, guys. Wait, wait, wait. Come here. Huddle up. Just just through. That was really brilliant. That was that was brilliant segment, guys. Unbelievable. We opened with humor. We made him laugh. Then we got in some deep conversation. Then DJ explained the stat nobody understands. And then I closed. <laughs> I mean, that was incredible, guys. High fives all around. Great segment. Way to go. Still comes back to what PK said. It's about the energy because you're right. There's a small margin of error. The the for the Jazz line between winning and losing isn't very big. So there you go. Good work. Really. Really the opposite of when the three of us get together. We just really never had a bad segment. Thank you, David. All right, Kyle Whittingham's coming up in 11 and a half minutes. Other people might be a couple minutes late. Kyle will start speaking at the stroke of 8 o'clock or 12 seconds earlier. I'll try to like 7.59. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. DJ and PK brought to you in part by Davis Vision. Davis Vision giving you 1,000 reasons to get rid of those contacts or glasses. That's $1,000 off LASIK. Start your road to better vision at davisvisionmd.com or call them at 801-253-3080. That's Davis Vision. All right, I got a question up online. Who's going to win, Utah State or Texas Tech? We're a couple hundred votes in. Go to David DJ James to vote. PK, it's split almost down the middle. 52% for the Aggies, 48% for the Red Raiders, who are San Diego State on steroids. A little bigger, a little taller, a little more athletic, but there to defend and rebound. Vote. Hmm. Voted David, voted David DJ James on Twitter. All right, we've got to take a break. We're coming back with Kyle Whittingham. Stay with us.